Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio host, and nationally recognized safety expert, Dr. David Perotti. Join us each week as we discuss the best and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe. Hey, everybody. It is your good friend, Dr. David Perodin from down here in the historic North Star Recording Studio. 36 degrees outside right now, and it was sunny today. We haven't had the sun for quite a while, so that was much appreciated. So thank you to Mike Solitude, Vanessa, for being here to kick off this show. Today is License Plate Readers in Schools, an Added Layer for Campus Security or Rights Violation. Um, I will admit that my position on this has changed over the past uh, maybe six months. Um, so obviously in School of Airs, I was not um, an advocate of many schools, proclaimed school safety uh, devices and things like that. But uh, when the humans aren't keeping up with things and, and, and uh, not, um, demonstrating uh, systems that can effectively respond to uh, threats of violence. Maybe we need to bring in more AI. So hear me out when we get to that. But uh, it is Misty, Mrs. Wayne. Look at this. Holy smokes. That is, uh, that's good. So I initially, when I was setting things up for tonight, I was looking at the show and I was like, well, wait a second. Like I have that set for the following Monday. And it's supposed to be today. So I had to go in and change the date and time <laughs> quick. Move it to 8 15 instead of 8 o'clock. Um, so just a quirky thing. I was like, what is going on? But we are all set, got everything ready to go here. So, first of all, hope everybody is having a good day. Like I said, we're we're warmer than average here right now. And it's actually slowed down my firewood burn for the season. So I'm actually trying to burn a little bit earlier in the day and we usually keep it a little bit cooler uh, to make sure I'm burning out all of that wood. But uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. So license plate readers in school. So let's talk first about what a license plate reader is and I'm going to do my intro for this, uh, what will be in the blog post, but a license plate reader, it's actually called an Automated License Plate Reader, or ALPRS. They call them ALPRS, but we'll just call them License Plate Readers. <laughs> so you'll see them in different descriptions and stuff. But um, So the technology has been around for a while to be able to read lic license plates, right? Um, now, what we're going to talk about today is technology that is much more sophisticated than a camera that's reading a license plate. We're talking about a camera which will be able to identify um, body posture. So if you are going to stab somebody or, you know, you're getting in that position or if someone is carrying um, a gun, it or if they start to bring a gun out and point it, it's going to allegedly, right, identify that. Now, there are research studies that I went through on this um, 
that have all the sophisticated diagrams and, and how the software is identifying uh, behaviors of people um, before they engage in violent acts. And so there's a, there's a real delicate science behind this. Now, here's what, here's, so here's kind of the argument of saying, um, you know, if we can identify these things early on, I, I mean, even a second or two before, you might have some chance of giving a warning. Or if you have a, let's say it's a school setting, right? And you have a device which is um, able to identify first a, a firearms or something that's close proximity to a firearm or firearm posture, um, you might be able to, um, you know, the, the software might be able to identify that and um, alert people uh, immediately one, once that's done. It could be in a mall, it doesn't have to be a school, you know, it could be, could be anywhere. Um, so now this sounds kind of dystopian and, and kind of out there. And initially, I'd be like, no, I don't think this stuff will, is worth the investment. I think they're just trying to make money off of you. But I've also um, spoken in depth to a person that sells this um, who's on the research side. And I, and, and I, was, I was amazed at what I, what I learned. Um, so we're going to get into to that today. So let's see here. Uh, it's all pro Leminton. Look at this. This is a Kentucky Batman. It's probably going to show up one of these one of these moments here. It's Hey Doc here from Ron Wayne. Just shared on his YouTube. Well, thank you. Your car stolen in the perps uh, commit violent acts. Your vehicle is listed as the one at the scene. Yeah, stuff stuff's got downsides to it, right? Um, um, yeah. Look at this. Vanessa's saying our schools in this region had assigned officers since the 70s. All right. So cameras and video surveillance have become ubiquitous with school safety. These super tech tools have amazing capabilities, such as zooming in to read print on a piece of paper that's on the hallway floor. Talked about that in School of Airs. But cameras are almost exclusively forensic equipment. They might be helpful for identifying who stole a jacket from a locker from a pro from a prevention standpoint, cameras are overhyped. Realistically, nobody's watching a dozen live camera streams. And there's usually more, right? When you see up in an SRO's office or a principal's office or someone, you know, it's all the live feeds coming in. Nobody is watching those in real time. Um, and it's unlikely that if something did happen, that law enforcement is going to be able to log in and track the shooter or shooters and intercept them. Get most school shootings are done within a couple minutes so um so but perhaps perhaps cameras and ai systems tied to those cameras have gotten a bad rap so i'm going to revisit that in this episode um should we reconsider license plate reader technology it's really like a license plate it's like an advanced license plate body pose and that's what they call it body posing technology um, should we, should we consider that? Did it, has it gotten a bad rap? Is it time to trial that to open up the, the doors on that? So, um, yeah, I, so again, my position on this initially was, um, you know, in school of airs, don't do this stuff. It's vendors are, are, this isn't, you know, a, a proven, um, 
way to use cameras and AI, but you know, again, things have advanced. So what is this um, license plate reader? So, right, in, you know, Vanessa, you know, right, the license plate reader cameras um, have been put in place to read license plate and then to alert, you know, the police, oh, here's a vehicle that was what, stolen or like, you know, this owner has outstanding warrants or whatever. Um, so it's along that line of technology, but this is much more advanced. So again, the technology I'm talking about, um, and it does exist, and it does exist with a high level of um, significance, meaning, and again, I went through research, you know, where they're going through and, and all the the still images they're, they're taking and how the software was analyzing these things. And, um, but to identify when someone was, was starting to assume a posture that was going to then be followed by violent behavior. Like if I'm going like this, right, I am probably going to hit somebody or, you know, and then, uh, or if I'm, you know, uh, taking posture of the firearm or that they can see the firearm, right? So think of this in a mall or think of this in a school setting or heavily populated, um, a, a densely populated event, maybe, you know, fairgrounds or something like that. Again, this isn't foolproof, but, um, but the thought is if you have these readers um, a, around and they can quickly get into this kind of AI database. So the reader's purpose, hey, it's Corey Slater. Look at this here, by the way, it's Corey Slater, everybody. Um, the purpose of these readers is not to um, identify somebody, right, that has an outstanding warrant or if it's it, it, stuff like that. It's the purpose, what I'm talking about with these, these readers is that the AI software built into these very sophisticated might be able to to observe when somebody has again a firearm or somebody's assuming a threatening posture. Um, so, okay, the rabbit hole begins with license plate readers, automated license plate readers, those Alpers, right? Um, systems combine high speed cameras and sophisticated software to capture and convert license plate images into data that can be compared to other information, in other databases. Cameras used. Um, in Alpers, maybe mobile or stationary. They are small enough to be mounted on police cars, road signs, or traffic lights, or placed on the sides of roads and bridges. License plate readers can collect a driver's geographic location, along with date, time, vehicle. Okay, that's Alpers, right? So here it is. One of the things um, is we're talking about more than, but than that, right? We're talking about much more than that. So. Um, we are talking again. So, so does a license plate reader, does that deter people, right? Would it deter people from speeding or passing a school bus? So in 2014, um, a survey of more than 97,000 school bus drivers found that 76,966 vehicles illegally pass school buses on a single day. So, so think about that. 70, basically 77,000 vehicles illegally pass school buses on a single day. And we know every year that students are killed when a somebody passes a school bus that's been stopped and has the flashing lights on and a stop sign out. Somebody passes and and kills um, a kid. So we know, you know, that this happens. So would it be a deterrent if people knew there was a camera watching? In that case, I'd say probably probably not because 
they know they shouldn't be doing this anyway. Um, but you know, maybe, um, because sometimes these, these, you know, when these vehicles pass the, they've done this 10 times and the 11th time they pass, there's a kid there and they hit a kid. So, you know, if there's a license plate reader and they're passing a bus and boom, that instantly identifies them. And then there's, um, a fine and, you know, whatever happens, you know, from that. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, if there's a campaign, maybe it's a deterrence thing. Um, so, but yeah, it is, it is, uh, interesting. So Mike is saying, um, well, I can say I know of a recent incident in my borough that plate readers helped. It helped to catch guys that were suspected a rash of vehicle break-ins over the last month. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, um, Mike. So yeah, this is right. This is technology that I, th I think it's time. Um, I'll tell you why. And Vanessa is saying better perimeter control helps the first levels of security of any facility um, needing security and access control. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, so the argument in support of what Vanessa is saying is, you know, we need, we need better security around our schools, a school, you know, where a six-year-old shot his teacher managed to get a handgun into class, right. Um, or into the school at least. Um, so if we have more robust security for a perimeter, um, that would decrease these incidents happening in school. Right now, the argument to bring in, um, the automated license plate readers and the sophisticated AI to try to identify if a student even has like a, if a kindergartner has an outline of a gun, with like a LIDAR type radar thing that they use to try to pick, pick up these like pattern outlines. Maybe it would have worked. Um, and it's saying what's work, what's what we're deploying now isn't working. And it might be a human element where, you know, the security of, of the facility is robust the first month of school. And then it wanes after that, or if there's a national event at a school, then it jumps up. Um, you know, security goes up for a few weeks and then it drops back down. So the argument here is saying, listen, we just can't trust um, humans to secure these settings anymore. So this is something that works in tandem with them, doesn't replace them. But imagine, I mean, like we're reading tea leaves right here, right? Tosography, I think it's called. Um, if this would have been in place, you know, the school is where the six-year-old is, is, uh, um, coming in and, and this this system identifies that he has this this a handgun likely has a handgun right this it's using it's the visual or lighter it gets a glimpse of it when it he has it out and identifies it and immediately it's sending us alert out of saying there's there's been a weapon identified on campus um would that could that have prevented this you know and you know, maybe. Um, so I just, I, I think it's time. Um, so let's wait a second here. All right. I'm trying to, I forgot the, it was the, the Rich Neck Elementary School is where that, that shooting was. It's what I thought. I just wasn't in Virginia. So 
the rich Nick. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm talking about some pretty wild kind of almost futuristic stuff. So, Hmm. Now this is different than programs that identify uh, gunshots. You know, those are out there. So, you know, in communities and, and stuff like that. So then if there's gunshots detect it, um, something gets dispatched, uh, police get dispatched to that area uh, or, or like surveillance in that area suddenly turns on and so police can remotely check that area. Uh, so, but that's not this, right? Because once a firearm has been fired, um, now we're not talking about a prevention, really. We're talking about a forensic event. So this is really trying, this approach will be trying to get ahead of it. And again, I've talked to the developers or a developer on this, and I've researched um, into this quite a bit. And again, I'm researching research, published research studies that go pretty deep into the analytics. And I'm like, wow. Um, and, and to think this is in place in a lot, a lot of places for a long time. And what I mean by that is there are, are you know, national high high security areas across the nation which have had the system in place for a decade or more. Uh, you can imagine if you're going to the Super Bowl, this has been in place for um, the last dozen years. But um, how about, again, how about having this type of technology in the school setting? So it's our good friend Andrews here. Look at this. So cameras in everyone's pocket yet crime is happening all the time. True. Um, so what we don't have is a camera that that a, uh, a dedicated system which is trying to capture pattern behavior of pre-violence or of a weapon, a knife, a club, a gun, whatever, and then identify. So there's a difference. There are some people who've tried to market a device that does that. And then also would, there, there was one, um, it had a, like in the corner of a room, it had a gun in the corner and then it, it would like flash a light and say, you know, you're being tracked, you know, drop your weapon, which I thought was crazy, right? No one's ever going to put that in, but, um, but yeah, so this is, this is some pretty intense, um, Again, in, in, intense stuff. It's not, it doesn't have an offensive component, you know. So if the software, whatever, identifies it, it's not, you know, shooting a net at you or something to try to incapacitate you. It is just alerting people up that. So yeah, it is um, pretty interesting. So the data from cameras being accessed dies and in, indeed find uh, someone or does indeed uh, find someone who committed crimes. So um, when the idea of cameras and classes came up years ago, it was security of the students. Now it looks like they don't want you to see what's going through the flag in their classrooms. So yeah, I, so cameras are all over schools. And as far as like being in the classrooms, not really, but I, you know, the approach here, if you're marketing this to a school would be, you're not recording this thing isn't uh, isn't recording what's happening in class necessarily, or if it does, it records on a thirty second loop. But it's not broadcasting out. What it's doing is it's just constant analytic, right? It's kind of like a thermometer. Like if it hits a certain whatever, it kicks in the HVAC. So this is constantly scanning for this pattern of a behavior of a threatening, posing behavior. Again, 
posing and the human pose. This has been very heavily of DARPA and uh, in the military. I found a lot um, deep learning AI. So, um, but this ties in with human pose. And then again, using LIDAR type, um, LIDAR is a, a radar that um, can basically identify very subtle outlines. Again, if it's a weapon, you might be able to see that uh, in a backpack or if someone is, if it's underneath their shirt or something like that. So it's pretty fascinating stuff. Um, so Misty Mrs. Wayne is saying they have a, uh, there's a show on the ID channel where they show how they have cameras up in high crime areas. They've gunshot detectors and noise where the cameras will move to the sounds. Yep. Yep. And I, I had studied that back when I wrote School of Errors. I didn't write about it in School of Errors, but I'd studied it. So those are, those are fairly common, especially in what's uh, higher crime areas. Uh, so this is, this is different than that. And that's where, when I research this, right, or, you know, talk to someone who is a scientist who specializes in this and said, um, right, that's what people are going to, you know, we want to make a distinction between a gunshot detector and what this is. And again, this is really heavily based on human pose and then also patterning and trying to find if something somebody has is closely re resembled to a weapon or what would likely be a shape of a weapon. And they have pretty good confidence on this. I mean, this is, this is not new and this has actually, again, been in place. Now you'll find when you go through the research, it gets pretty fuzzy because there's, these are all non-disclosure. These are high security areas. So they're not going to say, Oh, this has been in place at the white house, you know, for the last 20 years, but, uh, but it's interesting. So it's our good friend swamp dog armory. There he is. Good old swampy. So, Swamp Dog Army did the intermission for the show. Thank you very much. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Got some warm weather headed your way. It was warm here today. So, um, yeah, Corey's saying, I saw something like that in uh, CSI um, shows. Yeah, and the main gunshot software company keeps messing up here in Connecticut. So, Vanessa, right, I'm not going to mention any company product name, but that's the problem that surfaces with the detection too is um, examples, uh, a dumpster, it's garbage day and the truck comes through and it's banging a dumpster down on the ground. That's been triggering, right? There are other sounds, lightning. There are other sounds that are setting off the, um, are activating the gunshot detectors. So, and I'm sure you'd have those kind of false positives with this whole Alpers, high-end AI posing scanning software that would be there for, you know, schools or a mall or whatever it is. But I, again, I'm like, whoa, I don't, some questions. Is the technology good enough to do this? Probably. I think it is. Um, and it will only get better. And it's probably not that cost prohibitive as, as I've read the, I mean, the cameras we have that exist, that's, we don't need better cameras. Um, the computer software is fast. And I mean, the computers operate fast enough to do this. It's really getting, um, keep the machine and the deep learning going. So when it, the machine 
the software does identify something that someone was going to strike somebody else or whatever, then that, that gets reinforced of saying, yeah, this was a good, or like something else gets, you know, where they're tossing a baseball at somebody and that got flagged. It's like, no, you know, so they would look at the motions and all of that stuff that software would go through. But um, so let me go in here. In 2021, a research study titled Handgun Detection Using Combined Human Pose and Weapon Appearance, it was observed that this work proposes the use of the human pose, human posture, as complementary information to improve the performance of current handgun detectors based on deep learning. So again, the whole system is learning from posture that people exhibit before they harm somebody, right? Or threaten somebody, you know, where they're holding, where their feet are, where their arms are, where their head is. If they, if they, if they, again, if they're bringing out a weapon that's scanning, it's whether it's a knife, a gun, a club, whatever, if they're using something as a weapon, how they're, um, the human pose def defined as the relative position of the different joints and limbs of the body is quite characteristic in shootings. In other words, deep learning AI is getting very good at identifying the pattern of not only a gun, but the human movements that happen prior to firing a gun. So thinking beyond Alpers or license plate readers, one can step into even more sophisticated AI that recognizes types of vehicles, shapes, and patterns. How about software paired with Alpers in order to detect someone holding a gun or a knife, which is what we've talked about. It's not far-fetched and already in place at some of the world's most secure settings. We just don't know about it. In the fight to mitigate drug overdoses, Mosaic camera systems might be able to identify when someone collapses and immediately flash that information to authorities. So there's much more capability than simply reading a license plate. Is this a good thing? So let's go over here to the chat. So ultimately coming to the point of, I don't think it's, I don't think you have to do this convincing sell on this um, sophisticated AI pose software, right? Um, let's just say it's good and it will only get better, but let's say it's hit, hit a threshold where, yeah, it's, it's going to be reliable or as reliable as these other things and probably just becoming more reliable. Um, so the question then comes up is, should we, should we do this? Is this something, you know, at Rich Neck Elementary School, they would be interested in implementing? Um, Misty, Mrs. Wayne, I'm not sure what town, Corey. I think they work with whoever pays them, um, company that watches in real time 24-7. So, and right, if somebody's watching the, in a school setting, you know, you might go into a room, it'd probably be like the assistant principal, and you're going to see all these little, you know, on a screen, you might have it split into six, and you're going to see these camera feeds. But right, that principal's dealing with a lot of other things. Or the police liaison officer, they get called out to do something, and suddenly they're out of the room where all the video is. So the video instantly becomes forensic and not preventive. Um, so, hey, shoot me an email for some updates when you get a chance, Brother Doc. Sure. Sounds good. I'd like to be a guest on your show sometime there, Swamp. Um, let's see here. I'm certain that they have those in Washington. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would be certain of it too, right? That that's, that does exist um, in, in DC. And again, this, this, this isn't new technology. It just hasn't come into the realm of, kind of commercial 
or like in the school setting and probably because it's been very costly and um but again i you know i think i think the time is there so uh let's see yes eventually this is vanessa the monitoring systems will pretty much know where what and how you go about your day so yeah, so Vanessa kind of uh, got us down the road to the big question here of, is this, you know, once we go ahead as a board of education and say, yeah, we'll spend the money on this system. Um, now, right, the system is knowing uh, the components of it, who comes in and out of the parking lot, at what times, at what speed, um, I mean, it probably knows stuff like, Hey, you get your car washed like once a week. Cause it has a different <laughs> reflection coming off. And I mean, who knows what data comes into this and is it just held in that database or does it, sh it show a pattern of after you leave here, you usually stop down at the gas station and then you're getting a donut. And I mean, all this, all this stuff. Um, and so what happens, what happens to the data and in a school setting, um, right you're we're monitoring kids and adults behavior when i say behavior i'm talking actually like physical posing like you don't forget identifying who they are by face or anything like that this is all software that is patterning this posing and i mean there's so many other things that could come into this and not necessarily bad you know maybe here's this hallway kids are people are running out this hallway too fast right like there's a lot of running in this hallway um, and there's falls. Like we've noticed like that in, in falls or, um, you know, even out on the playground, right? If you had this, like I almost wiped it out on the ice a couple days ago and you're in a cold weather, icy environment and it sees a couple bodies, right? That slip the, it could alert the, playground manager or the custodians to salt or sand out there. I mean, there, there are ways that this could really be a good thing, right? But there's also ways that this could be really scary because it could identify as Vanessa's saying, it could identify you strictly by your gait, right? That it, and, and also it starts to pattern behaviors, but it wouldn't need to identify you by your face or your voice um, or anything like that. It could start to identify by gate so um it's just how much how much do you open the door to ai and then in addition to that what if it gets in the wrong hands right i didn't you know somebody hacks it or the system the database where it's kept gets hacked or you know i just i don't know the answers to that like anybody does right that's that's one of the fears and, and but we do know these systems these databases are hacked almost nonstop, right? Equifax and all of that. Uh, these these school districts. I need to do a show on that. The number of school districts that have had ransomware attacks is crazy through the roof. And then one of the things in my fall superintendent class, uh, we don't do a case study on ransomware. And the reason, well, I talk about it, but I said the reason is if your data is taken student data, staff data, you know, private information, addresses, social security numbers, whatever it is, payroll. Um, and the Board of Education has a chance to make a payout, $100,000, $200,000, whatever it is, to 
get that back, trusting whoever <laughs> took it is going to give it back. Um, they'll do that. They're going because the the potential of having that information out there um, is they perceive as being worse than to give money to the people that stole it, hoping they'll give it back. And even if they give it back, that they'll never release like a copy that they've obviously made of it. Um, so it's kind of weird because there's no debate on that. Schools, they call their lawyer, they call their insurance company, and they're just like, oh, let's see what we got going on here. This is Tonto James from the Survey Center. Can I, will you answer some questions, please? The first, machine learning. Are you for it or against it? Please answer. Are you for or against machine learning? Please answer. Spam. Kind of a kind of a late night call for that. So they didn't answer, by the way. They're not for or against machine learning. Um, machine learning is spooky stuff. It can get way more intelligent than you'd expect. Right. So this is this is the question. You're right on with it, Swamp. Of you know, you bring this into a school, and I would, I mean, again, it hasn't been shown that schools can fight entropy of systems. You know, they that they can cover all of the doors and all of the scenarios of people out outside and people coming in for basketball games or you know these other things, and it's just. Do you need the assist of this type of pose technology and patterning technology software that then would notify people and say, boom, like right here at this location, somebody has what's patterning, you know, as a knife, right? Um, I was against that. And now I'd say I'm for it. And I, I you know, I'm for that, that technology. Um, in those settings, machine learning is, is spooky stuff. So yeah, so it's weird because whoever is selling you the the machine learning, I mean, they're using whatever's being acquired by the machine to make their software better, I guess, or apply it in more settings. Um, and so then you know we start to get into these these deeper questions of okay, well, what if you know, it identifies someone, someone or a 10 year old and they had a, a bat and they were going to hit somebody with it, but you find out it's a wiffle ball bat and they were just goofing around. But now there's this, you know, this image because they're at the ballpark and identified these, these two. And then it took this, I mean, there always has to be this human discretion piece that comes in, but uh, to, to look at this after it's kind of like the YouTube algorithms, right? They can go through it. Oh, they flag certain words or like certain images, things like that. So, um, but I do, th I, I'm really impressed by the way this stuff has been and is being designed. Um, for example, you know, there's, there's ancillary applications on this where they can identify, it can scroll out when people are swimming at a beach and, you know, there's a lifeguard there. Um, it's not meant to become a lifeguard. That's a thing. It's not meant to automatically disperse a robo lifeguard, but a lifeguard is there. This could be on a lifeguard tower and it's scanning and it's trying to pattern somebody 
who is patterning a flailing, like, you know, whatever it is that is in distress. And that might give the lifeguard four seconds more advance that, oh, over here on the left behind that other person, there's somebody, right, who is treading water. They're in big trouble. And then, you know, whatever the technology is, boom, it pops up on a screen in front of the the person so they know exactly where to go. Or I, I don't know. I mean, there's also these things of, of um, uh, wave runners. Wave runners, that was a big controversy when they got introduced to lifeguards. Should lifeguards be using wave runners to go out and rescue people or should they have to swim out? Like that initially was a big thing in the 70s. Um, but I, but I think it's, it's, it's time, right? I, 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 maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm trying to talk. I have no, nothing to gain on this personally, but I think from a safe school perspective, instead of designing all these schools with $45 million and they got weird corners. So if there's a shooter in here, they won't know where to go. Well, the shooter probably goes to school here. So they, they do know where to go. It's the other kids that are going to be here. Like, I don't know why this corner ends and there's like Michigan, they built this school that, if there was a shooting, it would be very difficult for the shooter to navigate. But it's also difficult for his kids to navigate in the responders. And again, the kid probably knows the layout of school. But um, but I'm thinking there's so many millions of dollars spent on that versus you could have the software identify choking behavior. It could identify if, you know, some a, a certain wobble of... Um, of gate, right? That, that would be different, a change from how someone in that could be if they have a uh, insulin or just a second. Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Remove my name immediately. Remove this number or you will be turned into law enforcement in five minutes. So not, it's not a great quality phone. I got to replace it. Aesthetic. All right. Anyway. Um, so, but, you know, machine learning has some pluses, right? You know, we, we can take other instances and we can go back and talk about, um, you know, drones. You know, when drones first came out, man, a lot of people were pretty freaked out about drones. Um and, you know, people are going to be flying around, flying up above your house, you know, watching everything you're doing. And, and, and that, for the most part, didn't happen, right? Like, um, you know, the whole drone fear was really overblown. But drones are terrific for rescues, um, you know, out in the, the wilderness. Fire departments, you know, carry drones. Uh, they get out to, to a fire scene. They're immediately thrown Boom, the drone up to, okay, here's what's happening here, here. Um, it is, and and right, it's easier to use. You know, if, if a drone goes bad, what is it? You know, higher end, even it's a thousand dollars. Not as big of a thing in a, a department expense. So, um, so I, you know, river rescues, that, that's another thing that uh, drones, especially in my area just recently, um, have, have been a part of. So, um, Military has been using such analysis for a long time. So, yeah, that's the part. It just hasn't worked its way 
here. Um, thank God we had license plate reader to stop the madman. So, yeah, I think the thing is, though, if you the the license plate reader. So let's let's say that you have a student um, has a weapon, right? And they're brandishing that weapon, and the camera is catching it. It's that the cat the camera can pattern that, or if they're if they have already used the weapon one time and it's caught on camera, it immediately not immediately, but right hypothetically, it would immediately pattern that and then it would notify and maybe the school would go into a lockdown authorities, whether a school or a mall or a baseball game or whatever it is. Um, so I think there's I think there's a lot to this that can be proactive. Now, when we say proactive, I, I think it's seconds in some cases. With this six-year-old kid, man, like I've had people tell me that work in this area, oh, if we would have had the system up, like, you know, it obviously the the, with the kid carrying stuff around or he probably was showing it to others, like this, there would have been a chance to, to see this and the, it would have patterned, right? So, every, but that's you know, no one really knows. But, um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm really much more receptive after going through the studies. Uh, let me see if I can bring up one of the studies. Kind of my favorite. It's our good friend C and T. Look at this here. Hello, Coop. Um. Da 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 da. Here we go. Got to resize it. What in the world? All right. Now I don't need to see the. All right. Here we go. Share screen. Share screen. All right. This is one of the, the studies, uh, handgun detection using combined human pose. It's the one I, I talked about in just a minute ago. But um, so again, this is not identifying who somebody is which is a license plate scanner traditionally right would identify the license plate then once you had that information it would go into a database that'd say oh yeah this person is wanted on whatever chart or this you know we had a call in this person was threatening whatever and this is tied to their vehicle and so this is different what we're talking about now is different again it's more human pose it's trying to pattern and to see if it patterns that someone has have has a weapon um or if they're they're making a threatening action. Um, so here's here's what really started to impress me as I went through here. So they do these these studies, right? And, you know, like you look at green screen and all these um, CGI movies where they have, they are taking like all the positions of people and, and getting AI and deep learning to pick up that stuff. So, so here's some examples from the study. Now, this is, this is, for example, one, right? Now, this is, 
again, a firearm, but it could be patterned on the uh, the student. So if, if the student is holding it and it, LIDAR identifies that it is, it's right here, you know, on the student. But um, let's go into this. So this is this is the stuff right here. Kind of looks like it's from Ghost Adventures, right? Um, this is the stuff, normalized pose image, this whole pose image. So again, look, I mean, schools spend crazy amounts of money on crazy things. I think this um, is different than that. Again, I'm not trying to create a surveillance state or anything like that. This is not identifying, like that person isn't being signature identified by their biometrics. This behavior is being identified. It's kind of like um, gunshot detector, right? It's not identifying who shot the gun. It's identifying that a gun had been shot. That's a after event forensic thing. This is a previous thing, but this pose can come into so many things. Like if you're about to raise your hand to hit some, or if you repeatedly hit somebody, right? Um, that gets detected and it's like, oh, this person is now like hitting this other person. Uh, so the software is identifying that. And again, the software is not intervening with the RoboCop, but it is then notifying the, you know, security. So this is Pose Norm. I, lot, I didn't know much of this stuff, you know, going through it, but uh, these studies, this is amazing stuff. And again, I had more studies that I went through on this. So right here, this one, this one right here. This is the one where, where Swamp's like, okay, right here. Um, but anyway, it's all, you can kind of check what it does. So I think that, so it's dark, the Darknet 51 or 53 CNN backbone is used as a feature extractor. I mean, all stuff I don't know, right? But going in this and going into others and these open pose frameworks um this stuff is this stuff has been out there a while and it typically is pretty good but it's not going to most of the time give you a lot of advanced notice but it might give you a few seconds notice that you didn't have prior to this especially if you're doing lockdowns or things or if you have let's say kids or adults or whoever is showing weapons or exhibiting what would be identified as a, a threatening pose. Um, so people have been caught using magnetic leafs to cover their license plate for toll roads. Um, I have to laugh at that one, a magnetic leaf. Oh my God. Um, yeah. That seems like that would be something from Tommy Boy. Remember, he's like, bees, bees in the car, bees everywhere. Save yourself. Um, that he'd be like, oh, wait a second here. We're going to New Jersey. Let me get out the leaves. And they're magnetic leaves. Um, so that's pretty creative. My goodness. <laughs> I just, I have to laugh at that one. That is uh, magnetic leaves. So you don't have to pay a toll. So, all right. I kind of made my day. Um, all right. 
So let's see here. Um, da, da, da. Privacy violation, in my opinion, says New York Outcast. So that'll be a question. Well, a central question when they go through this. Um, the fact that cameras are cameras that actually are taking, you know, video of kids and adults, right? I would say that's more of a privacy violation than um, pose AI deep learning video, which is trying to identify if someone again is in a threatening or if someone is having a medical event, all of those types of things. Um, and right. You could have a layer built into that where if you clicked a button, it could try to identify through the gate or whatever pattern. I mean, then it gets tricky. Then you're crossing the line, right. To try to identify who that person is. Um, and I'm sure that's, that's not a big distance to cross. That's all probably happening parallel. And someone just has to write the code or whatever to say, okay, this happened. Who was it? Um, so, but let's, let's say for now, yeah, it's kind of like a, um, a airbags being activated in a car, right? The car doesn't know who hit it or what hit it or whatever. It just knows the sensors have been triggered. Airbags are activated. So, um, yeah. Um, Kooky AI says, uh, machine learning is based on what you say to help it learn more. What is your question? So, yeah. Well, Princess, that's another point, right? AI will have a bias. And once, and, it, and that bias will probably be amplified the over time. Like, it's less likely for the bias to be worked out of the AI. It's more likely that the AI will just replicate the bias. So this is, I don't know if you've heard like chat GTA or something, whatever it is, but you can use the software to write papers or blog posts and all of that. And you give it some themes and some questions and it goes and scours the net and it basically writes this stuff. And it's pretty sophisticated as a university professor, you know, becoming more aware of this. Um, and it's like, holy smokes. And, you know, but one of the things is if you take it and, you know, some students are writing on the same topic, their papers become very similar. And the other thing is this doesn't add any new knowledge. It just curates the knowledge that's already out there. So that's kind of a risk. I think of this whole machine learning is the machine learning might not innovate right? It might just take what's known and curate it really well. Um, but it's not going to necessarily make it better. It doesn't contribute to like new knowledge and new understanding. So if that, if that makes any sense, but that's kind of one of, one of the issues like with this whole kind of scam that goes on right now, or, or this, this loophole people have found of saying, Oh, I got to do like whatever paper for a class or for work or something. And, you know, I'll put the money and pay my cost here at chat GTA or whatever it is. And it'll put out something that's pretty good or a blog post. Um, but again, it's just pulling from stuff that's out there. It's not really creating anything that's unique. Um, so in that regard, there's been some arguments that's actually just like slowing us down. So, um, your outcast, I don't agree with license plate readers anywhere. I would just have three leaves on the front of my car. So, yeah, well, it does, it creates a, a another forensic tool, right? 
I'm not trying to, to let me reframe that, right? These license plate readers, I mean, stuff gets submissible in court. You know, it's like, oh, you say you were wherever at what time? Well, you know, here's, you drove past this area and the license plate reader, boom, said your car came through at this time. And, um, and maybe it's someone who says, oh, like I'm always like, you know, there, whatever. Or I'm just, it is the fact that people can be pinpointed. Um, and that's been around since we've had really like cell phone technology, but now, you know, cell phone and, and readers and all of that. Um, yeah. To, to, I, the privacy is really gone with that. And, but, uh, well, why, why are you against them? Put that in there, New York. Okay. Um, safety of students, Trump's privacy in a public school. I think this is Corey. So if someone asked me as a school to give a recommendation on pose enabled video cameras, um, if I was able to look at it and then see it demonstrate it, I'd likely would say, yes, do it. Um, because I think the other, it's not a replacement. It's a, a, it's there to augment the systems of say something, see something. And, but I just, I just don't think what is in existence, right. Of current, uh, school security it suffers from entropy. I mean, this stuff too, can it right in low light. I mean, all, all these capabilities are kind of beyond the, the human senses. And I mean, it's, it's a weird barrier. It's a weird threshold across. It's like when we crossed getting, putting, putting AEDs and standing orders in school, not AEDs, Narcan, Naloxone. Um, you know, people argue and say, we shouldn't be doing that. Right. We should be kids. Shouldn't, we shouldn't, we should check and make sure that heroin and opioids and stuff don't come into our schools. Well, we can, but I mean, there's still, that, that's never going to be a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, let's see. Privacy has risk. I'm willing to live with New York outcasts. So More security forces in schools will go a long way stopping criminal acts, but how many schools um, gave enough or have enough presently? So, right. So that's, that's a very right in your face point there because if a school district says, well, you know, it, or a lawyer says you have to beef up your security and stuff like that. Like it's just, it's just not enough. Um, and, and these, you know, security turns over and schools like after Sandy Hook, Flagler beach, Florida, a mom paid out of pocket to have a security guard there for the rest of the school year. So it was December, 2012 with Sandy Hook and this mom paid the spring semester of 2013. And after that, she didn't pay and the school accepted it, the security guard, but, um, but I think this works in tandem. I think this becomes an extension. And again, there's more to this. I think there's a medical side to this that this this posing software um, can have. You know, I think that can be in there. Um, so I don't know. I'd have to learn. I'd have to really become more familiar with it. And it's strange, though. We never hear this come up when people talk about school safety. We, we hear things like, 
you know, schools spending $40 million to redesign a building. So it's harder for an active shooter to get through. But, um, but we don't hear much about this stuff. So, and I also, I also, you know, I, I, the way this is, I, I think it goes beyond, again, it goes so repetitive. You know, if you're, if, if someone is attacking somebody and hitting them, this software will likely pattern that pose and get that information out. And that could have nothing to do with a, a, um, a weapon other than a fist. So this is Mike. We'll look to schools in Ohio that permit armed teachers, the pacification training courses. Has anyone seen an incident happen there? So I don't know. What, so what would happen? You have the six-year-old um, who shoots his teacher. So he pulls out a gun. What, what would be the response if the teacher was armed? Does the teacher bring out uh, the gun and shoot the six-year-old? Like, what is, the, what is the, the scenario there? How does that play out? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. That's, um, but, uh, I, and Mike, I, I think, I think the, the pose reader software works in concert w with this, right. In, in all the ways to support a school. So maybe this is identifying, um, someone who is pattern patterning the posing dangerous posing behavior or likely a, a weapon has been identified through this, the software and it notifies the school to lock down or notifies the staff immediately. You know, for, at that point versus a minute later when that student or perpetrator, whatever is firing off around or confront someone or identified by someone, it just, it, it lets the the school know ahead of time, right? It lets this, it can activate the system ahead of time. And then you're saying with the armed teachers, then they're, um, you know, they're ready, right? Because they've been alerted. This threat has been patterned. It's attempting to breach into the campus or it's breached into the campus. Um, so I, th I think these things couple, it's weird that, you know, we talk about this, talk about this stuff, but I think these things complement that, that system complements, um, it doesn't take away any of the, the capability of the, uh, again, if you have a, a teacher in Ohio, there would be um, able to carry in the school. So that's where the system would have, and it would be, I've read these things to you, and it is pretty straightforward in that case that that person, that person's identified and it might be something that they have on them and but then they are not, um, the system identifies, right? That they have light or they, they have a, a weapon, right? But it's not activating any type of system of saying that because they're cleared out in the system. Um, you guys know what I'm, you know, what I'm talking about on that. So, and again, it doesn't, it doesn't kick in this um, counter offensive, and I've seen software vendors try to do this, though. So, uh, honest to goodness, I have pictures. I didn't. I don't know where it is now, but I, I showed it a couple conferences, stuff I was at, and it was a corner of a room. Remember, like those mirrors they used to have at the end of a hallway, and so you could see if someone was coming around the other side and collide with them. It looked like kind of like that, and it had a gun inside of it, and it, it it would rotate, and it was remotely controlled. So someone would say, "Hey, like you, like 
drop the firearm because you know we're gonna this thing's gonna shoot you here in the corner just crazy so like this posing ai deep learning software i like i think that's completely different than robocop in the corner of the room um because again this isn't doing it doesn't have some counter offensive built into it fix the homes and schools will be such a problem correct right absolutely that's and that's a that's a tough part uh, maybe a disheartening part um because you know forensically or not forensically but um you know this this do that i mean cross that into homelessness into drug abuse you know into other areas so you know just saying the the home situations um the societal situations are continuing to deteriorate so this is where we're at this is one of the tools we can use yeah we shouldn't have to use this at all right but the fact is um it, we have to so but I don't, I don't disagree with New York Outcast, and it's absolutely crazy. I mean, people now, not too far from me, you know, having to be very careful just stopping at a gas station during the day because, you know, you can be held up or your, you know, vehicle taken, stuff like that. Um, on and off ramps by me, I think off ramps, right, or they're starting to do carjackings there it's just it's crazy so vanessa's saying my thoughts are if you have no electronics on you make sure electronics are at home are off be considered suspect you don't want to be monitored yeah i'm uh in uh, there's so much of that of how uh, the um your you know your vehicle getting you know is is always monitored where that location is your phone and your gps of where you're at so um yeah if there's any anything like that if the forensic data is going to um so you know, <laughs> yeah the, the forensic data is going to be discovery in court um but hopefully none of us will be in those types of scenarios where were you at this time and and whatever but uh, I mentioned school layout and other stream in other your stream security starts the initial design of any facility. So true, right? Absolutely. Um, and having a secured entrance. Um, so what happens outside of the school as kids are are coming in? You know, when you have a thousand kids being dropped off in fifteen minutes at the start of a day. Um, so yeah, design, and we have a lot of buildings out there that are, you know, older than, you know, 2000 forward. I think design probably changed not so much after Columbine. It was the Todd Beamer High School in that opened up, I don't know if that was, was it 2003? That really was the, the model for um safe entrances or secured entrances and secured design of a school um todd beamer high school 
All right. It's navigating right here. Um, there it is. Opened 2003. All right. So in Federal Way, Washington. But let's see if we can bring up a picture. Um, yeah, let me show you what that looks like. So Todd, Todd Beamer um, was on, I think, it was the flight that on nine 11 that crashed in outside of, um, or in Pennsylvania. Um, so he was on the that let's roll. So there's Todd Beamer high school federal way opened in 2003. This was significant. The blueprints significantly studied on this and site design before this was built. This is, was made at the time to be the most secure, um, setting for a school. So it looks really nice, right? But this is, um, there's another, there's a picture of it. And this woods thing, I talked to a student who went there, Nick Shulander, and he said, like, kids were frequently going into the woods. So, but again, this is what the experts and the community thought at the time was, was the safest um, design for a school. Um, again, I'm guessing uh, shooters, terrorist ramming, you know, other types of attacks. So you can see, I mean, no one would, this obviously has in the angles you can kind of see this is intentionally done. This was intentionally graded, put together this way. There's a lot to it when you go in and research the, the design of the school because it was made to be um, extremely defensive. Um, uh, these are, looks like portables. <laughs> so that's probably your security in a portable is pretty iffy. Hey, they're state champions. So well, we get out of that. So, um, that's telling them, you know, it's, gosh, darn, uh, uh, they stopped calling. So crazy, crazy. Um, here in New York State, they use uh, LP cameras to check license plate for various reasons, one being lapse of insurance, which has been reported by insurance companies. So, um, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I, I was four years ago, I was hit by an, an uninsured driver who after the accident then bought insurance. Um, it doesn't work that way, but you know, um, I, again, I don't think that's, that's bad. I, I would say I think that's good. Um, handgun detection on me. You do not ever see it unless you have severely messed up. This is Vanessa. So, yep. So, Vanessa, in thinking in a school setting, one of the things that argument of setting or in a mall or if it's, you know, juveniles is the, the, Research is saying they're likely to brandish to their friends or to show it or to, to get this thing out, right? So where you're a professional and professionally trained, you know, with, with firearms and security, they're not. So the thought is they're going to slip up and that's going to give the AI a chance to boom. Okay, here it is. So it is it is based on, yeah, that, that kid making, um, not concealing, you know, that so which is probably pretty accurate so 
Mike's saying, I would say the legal system at New York Outcast, our justice system is broken. It's a good, <laughs> right? <laughs> I agree with you, Mike. Um, and so what do we do? Again, this, let's say this works 95% of the time. It's, it's really um, an outstanding asset for public safety, but justice system, right? What if you have defenders, you know, somebody gets brought in, they don't get charged or, or they're, they don't have services or services are, are minimal. Right. And, you know, they go back, they go back out. Um, so yeah, somebody is, you know, the, the, they're picked up hitting somebody else and the software immediately, you know, indicates that that is a striking behavior mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, but yeah, if the, if the justice system isn't doing what it needs to, that's one of the reasons, right? Near me, we have a lot of uh, vehicles stolen, very minimal consequences um, in those cases, right? So, you know, it's where you're seeing the news and this person, you know, was brought in for the 32nd time they stole a vehicle. There's there's one guy not too far that I think it, it was crazy. He has like offenses going back to the 70s. And he, uh, it's like this profession, professional, I don't necessarily know if he's a thief or a vandal, what his profile is, but like in the seventies, he was cutting people's phone lines and then robbing their house afterwards. But like to this day, like just got arrested a week ago for something else. And it's like, holy smokes. Um, so let's see here. Um, Software detecting someone holding a gun is a bit late in the scenario. You need detection before the person enters a building. So true, true. So this is saying this might detect before a shot is fired. So if it does, so if you are initiating a lockdown in a, a school or someplace, right? But school trains lockdown, so they know if you say lockdown at a mall, what are people going to do? You know, I don't know where to go here. Um, but the, it's the seconds, right? How long does it take before between the time you initiate it and but and when most of the people are in there behind a locked door and um, police or security or and security have been notified? Um, you know what is what is that? Twenty one seconds or something like that. This might buy you it might gain you several seconds you know anywhere from two or three seconds to you know 20 30 40 seconds so it's not going to necessarily prevent it or solve it or anything like that but it it will shorten that window um and again if it's force if i was when i was talking with yeah a researcher on this we're, we're trying to figure out like, what would be, where do you think people would stop and be like, okay, this, this is worth it because they were saying it'll, it saves you like 1.3 seconds. People are like, well, what can you do in 1.3 seconds? Right. But, and we we're kind of going back and forth. And I said, you know, I think four seconds, um, because, you know, if you were to go into go from any part of a classroom and you heard notification to the door and close it and lock it. If the door was open, for example, or like 
probably about four seconds. So I'm like, I think four seconds is, is the point you're, you're kind of looking at here. So, um, advanced high speed LP cameras with IR lighting can record more than license plates. They can view occupants as well as registration takes. Yes. Yep. And that's kind of along the lines of what this is. Um, what's different right here with, with what I'm talking about is this is, um, patterning software too. So posing, there's this whole posing software side of this, of saying, you know, if someone is getting ready to hit someone or running in a way that usually accompanies, uh, they're running toward people, a uh, you know, strike or something like that. Uh, again, um, I can draw a gun in that time, says John, John Rice. Who is an artist, by the way. So, yeah, um, lots of people need discipline, uh, kids and criminals, uh, but no accountability seems to be a new thing for some reason, and they continue to invalidate privacy and make new laws. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, outcast, right? What I mean, kind of this whole this whole show, which I think this topic's important. Um, but it is based upon um, not addressing a root cause. So this is all a trying to get at a um, a direct cause, you know, seconds, more seconds before it's likely going to happen. Um, but yeah, this is not this isn't root cause stuff. Um, now, I don't, I, I don't know where to go with, with that. You know, there's the stuff, uh, there are things out there, which we've talked about on the show, esports, um, kids that are in esports, less truancy, less, um, disciplinary events, things like that. Kids who are in, um, what is it? Uh, handgun, um, competitions. Uh, skeet shooting. There's another competitive shooting teams at their high schools. Um, that number, uh, when I had Benning Ballistics on and, and we pull up some stats on it, that is, is skyrocketed in the last five years, number of students participating. And we know that through participation, the better attendance, fewer discipline, so forth, so on. But these other things you're talking about New York outcast. Yeah. I mean, so stuff like that, I think starts to, to claw back at some root issue, but then we get into politics and politicians and law enforcement and, and courts and DAs and it becomes a big mess, right? You could, we could have this absolutely incredible AI system that maybe it picks up some of this stuff. Maybe it has this ancillary part, right? It's in the pool of a, of a, you know, YMCA, a school, or is a, a swinging uh, beach or something like that, where there's lifeguards and can it detect if someone's doing motions that indicate they might be in the early stage or whatever stage of drowning. If someone's having a choking or, I mean, whatever this stuff could do, but we are still in this, this, when it comes to weapon safety, violence. Um, nope. Right. That stuff's, all it's going to do is just watch it. It's going to pattern it out. It's not going to prevent the root causes. You're right on New York, New York outcast. 
So that's this tacit thing of once we go down that approach and accept it, then no one, it's hard, it's hard to, well, it's not hard. You never back out of it. And you basically just, um, I don't know. It's kind of like accepting that things have gotten worse, right? And you're just going to live with that. So now it's mess. It's mess. It's a mess. So yeah, this, uh, you know, once we hear more details of, of the six-year-old who shot his teacher, brought a handgun in into school. I mean, there's been other youth, you know, young kids um, that have, have done, not six necessarily, but, you know, um, but it is, wow. I don't know. I don't think that was, was that your message on that? I might have been off on that. Sorry about that. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, so let me go over here to the, okay, license, are license plate readers legal? We need Steve Lato, Lato's Law. Um, according to the National Conference of State Legislators, at least 16 states have statutes that expressly address the use of license plate readers or the retention of data collected by license plate readers. For example, Arkansas prohibits use of license plate readers by individuals, partnerships, companies, associations, or state agencies. There are exceptions for limited use by law enforcement um, or controlling access to secure areas, nuclear power plant, right? <laughs> Stuff like that, courthouse. And data cannot be preserved for more than 150 days per law in Arkansas. Okay, well, we'll stop right there. Um, can't data can't be preserved for more than 150 days. So who's checking on that? Who's who's insure? Who's auditing that? Right? It, it is the software just set to scramble data once it turns 151 days old. Like this is the kind of stuff you know. When I read this in a bill like that, I'm like. You know, it's like saying a school will not keep records for more than seven years. Of, yeah, I, probably most schools I I know keep records almost indefinitely. Um, you know, they don't get shredded. And uh, so I'm looking at this saying, okay, Vermont requires law enforcement officer, a, a law enforcement officer to be certified in the use of automated license plate readers in order to operate such a system provides that active system data may only be accessed by an officer with a legitimate law enforcement purpose for the data. So the question there, what is a legitimate law enforcement purpose? And what would that look like in a school setting? Um, you know, I guess you'd have to say if it was a weapon, but what if it was, it looked like drug paraphernalia? Or, I don't know. Um, and <clears throat> so this officer goes through this um has to go through a training on how to, or to be certified in autom automated license plate readers. What does that involve, right? Um, I mean, watching a 30 minute video and taking a 10 question that you gotta get 80% on, and if you don't, <laughs> you just press redo and you take it over again. I mean, this all sounds good, but we all know the human side of this is, you know, someone's just not going to attend. There's going to be entropy. They're not going to attend to these systems. 
or someone's going to want to use this data for a reason that it shouldn't be used for. So, I mean, those are the big weaknesses in this system. It's not that the software is going to fail, I would say, but so the attorney general of St. James was fired moments before Biden's trip. What a coincidence. Wow. It's our good friend Sast. So the president is in Texas and then he's going to fly over and he's going to say hi to Sast and then he's going to take off. So, um, yeah, let's see. A Boston baked bean sandwich on toast incoming. That sounds really good. Uh, plate readers are scanning for stolen, missing person, open warrant involved cars. Yes. Yeah. So Joe, Joe's right. And that is, you know, that was in another study of saying in what it's called a literature review of kind of looking at the existing ways that these license plate readers are used. So that's been around for a while, you know, five, 10 years. And it's, and it's more and more, right, that it's scanning to, to try to get that information. So, and now what they're, again, the people who are coming forward with this, this um, body pose um, system that's tied to this type of framework, um, they're saying we can take this, a step further. So again, think of if this camera is, you know, this camera's in a school or mosaic cameras, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if the camera is feeding the information in, it's going to identify the pattern behavior. I mean, some, not every camera, it, your door, ring doorbell is not going to have LIDAR attached to it. Like, you know, trying to see if someone's got a couple of vote for me pamphlets in their jacket. But, uh, but this, you know, this is also one of those things, somebody collapses, right? Or has a, of a, a heart attack or is, I, I mean, there are, there are some really interesting, compelling aspects to this. So, Oh, princess, princess is, uh, gotta go. So, all right. Hi princess. Thank you for being here. Joe Moore saying the canine deputy in my, is my neighbor with the reader on his trunk lid told me that. Wow. Yeah, I remember when I, I mean, this was a dozen years ago when I would go out with the police one day a month as a school administrator and they would share like what was happening in town, right? Like here's where we're seeing some things and here's whatever. And, and uh, so, and part of that was like, you know, um, we were, I would get that information and debrief that back out to the counselors. And so how is that useful? Well, you know, if there's increase in, in, you know, drug arrest that they're increasing that, uh, you know, awareness when they're, they're doing their counseling sessions. And, but, uh, anyway, anyway, we would, we would drive and they had the cameras in the front and back of the squad. And it would just tell every vehicle that went by. It was just a click, 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 click. And, you know, and I'm sure that was if someone would have been, a license plate would have had something tagged to it. But um, 
I'm not advocating, but I understand. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of where I was with, with Narcan and Naloxone. I mean, I've, I've instructed at the university level for 19 years. And, you know, I'm like, holy smokes. When I started, like, Naloxone and thinking Narcan and schools will do a standing order and have these things, be like, whoa, like that was, you know, I'd have a hard time thinking that was going to happen anywhere. And now it's, it's everywhere. Um, so, but I, I mean, after I see these, these the human systems, I'm not saying the human systems are failing because these are very complex environments to, um, to secure, to secure. Right. And, but if you have the potential for this posing software to couple into that, and, I, and people might say, oh, then it's going to make people not do their job as full because they'll rely on the AI. But I don't believe that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I live in Wisconsin, 421 21 school districts, many rural and many where it's like, here's a high school, four miles away is an elementary school, seven miles away is another elementary school. I mean, um, you know, yeah, I, I mean, there is a point of if we do have more security and security and just different capacities and security trained and CPR and for say stuff, that can be a great thing. I just don't think we're going there. Um, I think we'd be there by now after Sandy Oak Parkland and with a democratic government, you know, um, the Democrats, I, if that's where things are going to be, I just, so I'm looking at this saying, I don't, and, you know, studying safety for years and writing about it. I just don't think that's happening. Um, and so where do we, where else can we go? Where, what else can we, we bring into the mix? And that's this posing AI and this patterning AI. So again, I think, I think it's good. I, um, but as some of you have noted, and it is true, like it's what if it, what if it identifies, you know, somebody who has a knife, right? And then they, you know, there's, there's a lockdown or security and security intercepts this person and they go to what, you know, before a judge and the next day they're out there again with the knife because nothing's, I guess, been done. So these systems have a lot of fail points, but in this case, I don't believe it would be this Poser um, AI system. But to be realistic on that though, um, it's going to buy you seconds. And, you know, that's where you, that's where you gotta make the call. Is it, I shouldn't say, is it worth it, right? Cause anyone would say, yes, it's worth it. Um, Cause when it comes to customer perceived value, anything for a life is considered worth it, but to an extent, right? I mean, cause you could make an argument. Well, if we drove cars at five miles an hour, instead of 44,000 people dying a year, we know we decrease it to 4,000, 40,000 people will be alive if we drove at five miles an hour. Well, right. Um, so AI, you have 10 seconds to comply. Yes. Robocop. And, and so that's, what's not coupled with, this and that's where you know the it has to be clearly laid out is there isn't some part of this that activates a drone or a robot or robocop or bolo cop um you know this is this is notifying a system 
to hopefully, including security and lockdown and whatever, to hopefully jump in. So, um, holding sensitive data indefinitely is a problem, particularly stuff that could be used to create a fraudulent person like social security number licensing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, and the thing is, uh, you know, for, for schools, and I'm not saying every school does this, but there's turnover in schools and IT and stuff like that. If you're storing data, that's a, that's a folder on a drive or on an external hard drive or a backup somewhere. What is it? It's nothing, right? It's, it's, it's costing, you know, I've got an external drive that's five gigabyte right here, which I, and this looks like a hundred bucks maybe. So, I mean, years ago, you had the records room in a school and, uh, you know, you'd pull out these bankers boxes and you'd have the files of students, right? And you'd keep them for seven years if there was a challenge on their educational record, right? Which could have been like a student with a disability and they're receiving Medicaid. They can go like up to seven years if there's a challenge on some of that. But anyway, it's very rare, very rare. But that was actually something you'd bring up a truck and then this would have grinding stuff and it would, you know, eat all of it up. Um, big shredder. And now, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, it's, well, in case we ever need it, I got it saved like in a, over here on this, you know, F drive and it's in a subfolder. It's just so easy, right? Or if somebody leaves and they don't know that next tech person comes in, they don't know that this file exists out there or this folder exists with this information. And really it's not a problem until it's a problem. Will LP camera data be open to freedom of information? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? There is something with your camera data, like if it is, um, so license plate. So in this case, I don't, I don't think it would what I've talked about because it's, it's not record. It's not recording that data or if you record on a loop for a short amount of time, it wouldn't be subject to freedom of information necessarily. Um, and this doesn't have to have audio with it. Again, this is, this is, just identifying these sets of pattern behaviors, these poses. So I don't know. It's a good question. I would tend to think it wouldn't be. I would say the lawyers will come out on that and say it's not. If there's a video part of that of showing what's happening, just like cameras today, like you can get that through. Well, you'd have to have a reason to be, you just can't ask the school for an hour of their hallway camera um, of for freedom of information request. Um, so... I think the the actually the only way that the school would be compelled to do that, um, the camera stuff would be if it was a court or a judge that did that. That would have to be through some lawsuit, some discovery type thing. Because otherwise, yeah, you can't just um, a, a, you you can't compel a school to turn over um, video of a fight or. Or well, that'd be part of an investigation, but just say, oh, like I want hall all first floor hallway video from this hour on this date. So good question. This is 
um, freedom of information, a lot, <laughs> I should say a lot, but more and more schools and government entities don't comply with that. So um, they legally they need to, right? Um, so let's see here. I can pull up. Yeah, this one, this one's out there. No, it's buying a paywall. Well, that's not good. That's not good. It was a good article too. It was about a school that um, had 26 record requests and either denied all of them or <laughs> didn't respond to any of them. So, but again, it's the justice system in this case. It's the accountability system. Who's going to, how does that school get in trouble, right? If they go to a judge and a judge says, well, I'm not going to issue anything on it. It's, I'm not going to compel the school to, you know, fulfill this. So um, plate readers are barely AI. They're more like advanced surveillance, a database overlay. It will aid efficiency in finding. Yeah. So what Right on, Joe. So it's a two different things, and that's actually when I, when I read these research studies, I'm I'm not a big fan here that the language is very close. What I mean is, they're calling this pose the posing software a violent act, whether it be gun, knife, and hitting whatever. This is all part of an automated license plate reader (ALPR). Um, combined with high-speed camera and sophisticated AI software to capture the posing behavior. So there should be another name for that um, because it's, I, I think this is, it's very misleading, but it's some, it's ingrained in the research. Like all the research identifies these as license plate readers. So that's some way that, um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, AI audio recognition of vehicles. Um, could be, right? I think the thing right here, Jim, is this is um, this is identifying the posing pattern. Like if someone is pulling a gun out or a knife or they're stabbing someone or whatever it is, it's identifying this posing. Um, so... Um, Jim is saying there was a story from somewhere uh, level one text covered about a reporter got in trouble for reporting government website was buggy and social security numbers on the site. I, rem I remember that story. Um, reporter trouble. Oh, no, for what's on. Um, geez, a search like this is a little iffy. So I don't want to be creating a lot of these searches in Google. Um, all right. Let's see. Actually, there's quite a few of these that came up. So let, let me do this. Um, 
There is hacking investigation into journalists who click view source on government website. So I think that's one. I, there's, again, a couple of these articles came up. So, uh, yeah, so it doesn't seem like it was an, a malicious intent. But then this person, um, at, okay, Ms. Renau did not access anything that was not publicly available, nor was he... Mr. Renat in a place he should not have been. So, um, wow. What was the, uh, oh, expose the social security numbers of more than 500,000 public school teachers, right? So, and Missouri Governor Mike Parson announced he was going to prosecute a journalist who had warned the state. That's crazy. What is it? February 22nd. 2022. Man, that's nuts. Wow. That's, that's crazy. I'm glad you shared that. I, I, you know, so I would look at that and say, you know, I don't, you look at this sophisticated AI technology and all stuff, but I'm like, you have, you have to trust that people are going to correctly interpret these, use these systems, um, that that there's common uh, a common sense part of this. I don't know where I'm going with that exactly of saying. Um, so this is a, this is someone that got on a, a government site like this reporter. All the information was there, not in any place they shouldn't have gone. They just like click source view and this information comes up. Um, so I think I'm just trying to underscore like, we, we, we coming back to the school part, like, well, why don't we have better school security? Why don't we have, you know, well, here's a, like this government website. Why don't they have better maintenance of their website for security and personal data? It's just like humans are so fallible, right? So many mistakes. And these systems we build for ourselves in theory are very sound and maybe protective and things like that, but we can never maintain them either, you know, through, enough people to maintain them or we just, you know, things evolve. We don't evolve. There's entropy in the system. You know, we don't care anymore. One of the things with Todd Beamer, when I interviewed the student, Todd Beamer high school, is he said after a month, like, the, you know, they were taking metal detectors, wands and everybody coming in and out of the building that took too long. So they just opened up the other doors and just had kids come inside. It's per the interview with Nick Schulander. So, Man, that's a good point. Remember the good old days when the Cookie Monster was a messy puppet? Yeah, that Cookie Monster. Gosh. I, I miss those guys. Yeah, the reporter even told the government to repair that crap before he went public with the story. So, Jim, like, so that's one of those things that can just, you know, you just shake your head and it's like, you know, do people become very measured at what they, I, you know, what, what you're saying, I think that really gets to the um, good Samaritan stuff. You know, when we had Lisa Lenny on and, and the law of necessity and, um, you know, in, in this case, like it's almost a good Samaritan type thing of a white hat, right. Is what they call them. If you're, if you're usually that's purposely like hacking, but this would almost be like a in, innocent white hat, thing where if you discover it, you let people know you're not trying to extort them. And um, man, 
journalist was probably a snob about it. So, yeah, that's that's crazy, right? I mean, well, Andrew's right in bringing bringing that up. That uh, there are in that story. There's two sides to that story. So, was there something going on where you know the 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 government said we under okay we've got this um but you have to we have a gag order basically on you and you know a, a good a good story with this is the old city or the city court building built in 77 in new york city and they built it with an x as a as the base coming down for the first like 12 stories because there was a some church one cell below or something and they had to do this weird design and then the, the building um a college student engineering student looked at it and said I think if you got a wind in this one direction, like this could fall over. And they discovered they were right. So the city partnered up and um, and with uh, the media, New York Times and all that, and they just shut this whole thing down until they fixed it. Like it, there was no story. People still went to work. This thing hypothetically could have fallen over, but do it. Type it in. Do a Google, Google search for the city core um, bank tower disaster or whatever it is. Never fell down. And they had to fix it. And the the only thing that they did when they fixed it, as far as like public and media, because people knew and people who worked there, they said, we have an opportunity now to strengthen the building for like a 150-year storm. So we're going to take advantage of that now. And I don't know what the logic was. If they were completely done with the building, if they had a few things to do. And then everyone in the public was kind of like, okay, it sounds like a good idea. Like you're making it even safer than it is. But there was some, well, I don't know if there was blackmail because I don't, you know, the student wasn't threatening to go to the media. Um, but I think, I think in that whole thing, having worked out like the media, the media was basically like, I, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I, I'd have to look at the, the way, but the media did not report on that. Um, anyone can click right on a web page and click view source. So, holy smokes. Wow. That is crazy stuff here. Um, so, what, is, what does everybody think about bringing in, let's, for schools, school safety, bringing in these um, high definition camera systems, well, which we have, they're not any high, you know, these things are probably phone quality i mean things are really good these days with tech um but having this posing this ai learning machine learning software deep learning software and they come in and they say hey we can sell here's the system here's what it can do detect somebody having a medical event with a high probability um that you know somebody that choking passing out it identify uh, violent behavior, hitting weapon or posing before that, or matching through LIDAR if there is a weapon that does show on a portfolio on a person, you know, a little wrinkle on their clothes. And then it'll notify, right? Or it could immediately activate, go straight to your lockdown system or whatever it is. Like that would be the pitch. That would be the pitch. And then where do you go with it? Because... And as far as cost, 
I mean, it, you're paying the cost of the software. Probably, I mean, they'll try to sell you cameras too, but um, but it'd be picked up by State Grant probably. So, well, look at this. It's John Crump live. It's a good friend, John Crump live. Hey there, buddy. So, I'm I'm going to stay very close to this topic because I think it's going to start emerging this year, 2023 in schools. This will be what you're going to see. Um, again, it doesn't get at anything societal. It doesn't improve anything, but I think this multi-purposed way to market this um, AI uh, posing software, um, I just think it's going to happen. So, and again, I think in some capacities, there's there's good for this. And um, how's the data being used? And those are the these are big, big questions. Um, so, I just I don't see this as being. I, I see this as being something a, a community is going to run with. Um, and then once you know, a couple schools get them, more schools get them. But again, I I think there's. I, I could I could go up to the plate and go to bat for this. Um, again, not working with a vendor or anything like that. I'm just, and it's because where we're at now, even these best made systems of people covering this area, this, whatever, you still do that. You just add this into it. So, and uh, Corey, all right, Corey. Thanks for being here, buddy. Um, let's see. Z is saying automate license plate readers. They're everywhere and at private companies. So yeah. Um, it's our good friend Heath. And Sal too is saying goodbye, Corey. So yeah. Um, so, so what, what do you think? What, what is, Again, your 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 board of education. You get the newspaper. We still do. They deliver the actual newspaper, but you get the newspaper, and you know you're you're opening it up, and it's a school board um, considering a license plate reading system. You know to detect weapons and violent behavior on campus. I don't know. It's a long headline probably go a shorter headline. Um, what do you do? I mean, where, where do you, where do you kind of, where do you go with this? Um, I, I think this stuff could have real potential at large events like outdoor at a high school track or football field or things like that. Um, yeah, because of the computing power and all of that. It, so again, I don't think it's, it's not going to be, frequent that it would be a benefit on a medical event, but it could, it could be like, and I'd, I would make sure that that's out there or remember like at recess in a, if there, or even you're monitoring your sidewalks and there's a monitor of a slip, right? Behavior. Um, and there's some other data that goes in like temperature and stuff. It could be hey, like the playground or the stuff's really slippery now. So they're notifying boom immediately administration or buildings and grounds. 
so in that case, the data is just patterning out to it's. It looks. It seems slippery. Um. And so is, and that'd be a good thing, right? That they're getting out there and getting some sand or ice down or ice meltdown. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're right. They're everywhere. So cams are forensic. You're right below. Wrote about that in School Bears. So the real time is what we're talking about here, the posing software. Um, so again, if I'm running at someone and, and I have a knife, the software and they're 50 feet from me or whatever, 30 feet from me down a hallway, the software would identify the knife and identify I've got it up in a, in a body posture position that's more associated with inflicting harm. So then immediately it's if it's identifying at that time versus when the, the person gets stabbed and the yell has been the point when the notification happens. But the thing is like that, the this system might buy you four seconds. Maybe it buy you more than that, you know, and maybe, maybe if it works, right? If it works in that specific situation, maybe other situations, whatever, the weapon's been concealed, the software's not picking it up until it actually happens. But yeah, the cool, this, the, the concept here of uh, teachers unions opposing it, um, teachers unions would oppose like instruction in classroom, what's happening in a classroom um, it, it being recorded. Yes. And that also would be that schools pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for their curriculums because they get them from, you know, the, the different companies. And that's proprietary, and you can't be recording that stuff. So, again, what this is, think of this more as like a smoke alarm that's in the room. It detects that certain behavior or it patterns it. It's not keeping a record of the last, like, 20 sniffs the smoke detector's done. Um, so, but, right, we know, we know this could easily be hooked into a system that would record video and audio and then it could perpetually be out there and it is it's a is it a FOIA request or is it um you know and again that's information that a principal isn't taking in to evaluate a teacher but then if that information is being recorded and something goes on in the classroom fight or whatever it would need to become a forensic um piece of evidence so it's like you'd have to create these systems really without any audio and that it's only capturing capturing the patterning this behaviors. It's really weird. Like I don't know, it's a good question. Um but yeah, I it's weird. It's weird. One of the things too that changed in my um in my university syllabus this year's is they asked to put in a statement. They had a template there of students to not record um, what's happening in class. And the fact, and that wasn't for like the efficacy of instruction stuff, but it was basically, basically right teaching materials. So in some, what was happening, I don't think at the university I teach at, but it, from what I kind of gathered with some training that went with that is, you know, teachers would develop 
like I developed, let's say, case studies and we do them in class. And then someone is recording it and then they're putting it out on the web. Well, that might have been something the university paid me to develop with this course. So now it's like a breach. You know, when I when you instruct, there's also, you know, if I have certain things behind a fire, well, not really firewall, but soon as a log into Moodle, if they have to log in somewhere to get it, you know, it's a way to protect it. But I don't know. It's a good question. John Crump Live. It is a band-aid for the real problem societal. Yep. Yeah. That and that, John, we've gone through that about three or four times already, coming back to you know, the the root cause stuff is never addressed, which then kind of makes, you know, uh, makes the argument, well, then you got to look at these other systems that, yeah, you wouldn't need these other systems if the root cause was addressed, but no one wants to to go there. Um, so I'm saying, well, maybe it's better, like if you get this type of surveillance system that is with opposing software, you know, someone has a heart attack or, um, you know, a seizure or whatever, this is patterning and identifying that out and getting 911. I mean, but then where do you stop? Do you give GPS coordinates to where that's happening, right? So do you take photos, which would make sense, right? To, to have this other metadata. And now what do you have? So, <laughs> yeah, I've, we were talking about that earlier too. So, you know, that, that system is um, uh, that that's where I think people think of when they think of these posing patterning systems and, and right what you're describing there. And, and I've read the studies and, and the recent stuff saying, you know, dumpster being banged, you know, set, set, sets it off lightning, other things. And then once that shot happens in a large area, you also have to, you know, police or security has to, has to be dispatched into that area. And I've never been a fan of, of that. I think that's been way um, oversold as, as a standalone. Um, now someone could say, Oh yeah, but if it's at a con uh, at a concert and there's, you know, 5,000 people all together and, but yeah, I, so what we're talking about through the articles and, and, you know, in, in tonight's show is, that uh, the forensic, or, or this is the forensic side, right? Of that's kind of when something happens and then after. But beforehand, if you had software that was analyzing the posing behaviors of people, like I've got a, if I have my hand up and there's a knife, it identifies a knife, identifies my hands and arms in a position, like they deliver harm. That's the point where it's doing the identification and the alerting. It doesn't even, it doesn't know hypothetically, it has no idea who I am. It just knows that there's a human that has done this and they're notifying, I assume, assume they have a location. Um, so I think there's, I would get behind that actually. And I think there's, there's good for medical on that. But how in the world how do you not, as a vendor, just say, oh, we can add video. We can add this. We can add all, you know, this other patterning or this other stuff into it. And then, yeah, then what do you do with it? Um, so I don't know. I mean, then does it become one crazy, all-encompassing security system with sensors all over the place? Like, well, we can hook this into your 
uh, um, fire detector. We can hook it up to these special antennas outside by your baseball field because if there's lightning that could hit, it'll detect it and it'll work into the system. And I mean, it's endless where you could go. And I'm saying once you would do that, then the 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 nodes fracture so much and the, this thing becomes so vulnerable and and uh, and like do you want and you you're basically are defaulting your own ability for situational awareness to make a decision to the AI, right? Because let's say you're outside, right, and and you're counting. Oh, you know, if if it was any danger out here, even though like I see the clouds and I can see the, some lightning, and remember, you know, the the machine would detect it, right? It would it would do the beep beep beep, and we'd be off the field. So, um, yeah, it is it is pretty crazy. All camera systems can be vulnerable to external attacks from wireless. Yeah, yeah, right on, right on. So, and that's, it seems, you know, one thing is people are so eager to off source this into the, into technology, right? Had to back out a few times. Every time I came back to me, the same school ads. Well, that's interesting. Huh? Interesting. I just I just uh, logged in here, my personal account, and it it gave me three ads for John Crump Live. So it's like the John Crump Live show, live, dum 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 live. John Crump, All right? Um, personally, I like. This you know this the show tonight and my position on this much different than where I was five years ago, and I I kind of was you know asking myself like what's changed like why why are you why are you open to this now and like even you know listen to the, the experts talk on it not listen like we 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 set up a meeting we talk about it and I'm just waiting to kind of figure out like oh here's where it starts to fall apart or here's here's a hole in their arguments because of kind of like positionality that's where I'm, Kind of, um, and maybe my bias, right, of thinking, but but then they they they're showing, they're demonstrating, and and how the logic and and also like the, they they kind of stay in their lane. They're like, this isn't made to be a quote unquote video production of camera. This is meant to identify these <clears throat> patterns. Da -da -da. Wow, my voice just ran away there fast. There are even visual attacks. I have 15 watt infrared laser that can fry cameras. Spambot. That guy is always spicy. So, um, what did I? What did I? Oh, <laughs> um, I bought some folder dividers so I, they came in today from amazon so it's pretty cool kind of reorganizing some stuff but god what else did i have oh <laughs> i had 75 watt incandescent light bulbs and uh you might think well why i have a fixture i can't it won't run led i don't know why 
and it's not just the little connector at the bottom, the contact, but, but if it's in my stairwell and it would be difficult to change out that fixture. So I was able to find an Amazon and, and pick up some 75 watt bulbs, which will hopefully last me a few years and then maybe I'll do that, but it's crazy. You can't, it became illegal to sell those. I don't know how I got them, right? Bought them from a store, but. Bolo, thank you for putting John Crump Live's contact information there. YouTube, John Crump Live. I was a guest twice. So great shows both times. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, When it boiled water, set fire on paper, paper on fire, I knew the listing lied. Holy smokes, spam bot. Holy smokies. Smokies. So, um, yeah. So what do you get? What do you guys think here, man? Where should we go? This, uh, um, I, again, I think it also fits in with what exists natively in schools. They have these cameras and all this stuff. So this, so you're not having to replace a system. You can couple into a system. It's the AI part that's new, right? But then you're hypothetically going to a, some centralized deep learning base with all this information coming in. And you'd have to already have all these studies and research coming out of saying, we're going to start alerting you and, Remember, from day one when you buy the system, it's going to get better. I think that's a good selling point, right? Both systems have entropy. The, from day one that you put your bollards in in front of your school, they start to fade and rust and the concrete around them cracks. And so you have this entropy. But, but I think the pitch here is, actually, I should write that down. I won't, and I'll forget it. But um, I don't know, like I had in a show somewhere. But um, the pitch would be, this system is is great from day one. Like it's really soundly built, but um, it will always get better. We will always we will always the system will always be getting better. Um, and nothing you have to do on it. It's always going to be getting better. God, that's a hell of a that's if I was in the administrative role at the board of education and, and it was compelling and I was kind of on the fence anyway. And that statement came out, I'd be like, well, it's true because that side of it would be getting better. Um, so I think that's, that's compelling. Yes, it's compelling. My floor mat, I don't know where the hell that thing is. It only came from a state over. So let me do a check on this. Um, what else did I, I don't really have any, what did I have? Trying to think here at the Safety Doc Studio. Um, it's on its way. Yeah. Where is it? It's still on its way. Wednesday, January 11th, it'll be here. So if you're, it's not going to be a score for you if you're waiting outside my house because it's just a floor mat that's made to the size of my area here but um 
Yeah. So the experiment could be ED209 for two months and they shut it off. Holy smokes, Bolo. Wow. Wow. So. Um, yeah. Hey, did you, did you know? Here's one of those did you know things. Well, we, we had on a previous show, lost person behavior. There's a, there's an app for that. And it was initially funded by, I don't know, Department of Homeland Security. And then, um, well, anyway, if you go now on Amazon, you have to pay for it. It's like nine bucks. And it's not through Homeland Security. It's through a private business. Um, but from what I understood on that was this company that did this, you know, they built this under this um, government contract, right? And then, again, I'm not trying to get in trouble here, and I could be wrong. I think the company did a great thing here, like putting this together. And then I'm assuming at first the government said, well, we'll pay you so much and then just get this available for people, which might not be accurate at all. But um, but let's let's move this to uh, present. So it's nine ninety five now. If you if you want the lost person app, and it's this DBS Productions, and again, I'm saying, you know, Homeland Security, whatever, the government should go to them and say, what does it cost for a contract every year? We'll pay you, and just let people let people download this if they want, because this is like you know, lost person, elderly kid with autism, whatever. It's just crazy. So, um, so it's just nuts. Like, um, it you'd be doing that, but. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with, with some of that stuff, but, uh, you know, it, it, this really gets crazy too, because what if, you know, you can make an argument for this of saying, why, why aren't we paying for this software and making it available to all schools that, um, you know, and maybe we'll give them grant money if they're cameras or to get more cameras into this. But why, um, why isn't this purchase either at a federal or a state level? Holy smokes. Now that would be interesting, right? Um, just so you know, schools have very sophisticated software provided by the states. I know. And, um, to monitor like the searches that students do and to kind of try to pattern out, if there's certain searches that correspond to threatening behavior and that all exists, it's, it was, you know, it's been there for at least 15 years, but now it's very good. Yeah, it's very good, but it's, it's more accurate than what it was, but it's so anyway, like that, that's all available. Um, schools, all schools take advantage of that, but the, um, in, I don't know this, this whole thing, yeah, there starts to become really big questions in it. Yeah. Or does it become a community steps up and says, we're going to be the first community to use pose learning because elderly people, you know, if they fall, if there's, you know, an accident, if there's, you know, or just like, you know, or the safety right of our community, if someone's people are doing threatening behavior or I don't know, it's, you know, but I think it's going to be, I think it'll be in schools in 2023. 
you'll see articles, you'll see, you know, ABC Nightly News, David Miro, oh, this school is doing this, and um, you'll see it. Again, I I can get behind just that poser feature-based software. Once it gets beyond that, then, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. So, wow. And eep, 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 eep. Hey, all right. School of Bears. Um, on Amazon places it sell books. Also audio, which I narrate it. That's ten ninety nine. On Barnes and Noble, other places that sell audiobooks. And then, except some places like Audible tend to charge more. I don't know why. Um, and Velocity of Information, which is also an awesome book. So thank you for your support of the channel. We did um, surpass the payable threshold amount. So that will be something I'll claim on my taxes and be like, yes, we did it. So appreciate that. Um, any final questions here? Um, anything? Anything? Any final questions? So, um, Spambot um, fodder. School network monitoring software has failed every data exfiltrations test I've done in the last five years. When I stopped doing that testing. So, yeah. And when I said schools have it, like they all have access to it and they, they use it. Like it flags forward. Oh, like why were you searching, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, uh, how to make, how to make barbed wire out of paper clips or something. But, um, there's on the school side, right? Th they're only going to investigate so many of those. And, you know, so, so it's one of those things I think that, you know, you, it's here, this is provided to schools to monitor or students are making, you know, statements of possible harm to self. And yeah, but the human first, you're right. The, the technology isn't nearly as nuanced and accurate as what they claim, but it will, if you're, repeatedly like putting that information in there usually like it it will hit enough buttons right where it will send that alert forward to somebody and say hey like this person's been doing these searches um but then what do you do the humans what's the follow-up on that right what's the um and you have to understand the context of all that and if it is a genuine how do you match the the help with it or i don't know i don't know um, well, oh my goodness, that is crazy. All these tough questions here at Spolo. Um, everyone like and leave a comment afterwards. Let's push the algorithm. I'd appreciate it. And Ron, you've got a popular channel. Um, uh, the show continues to stay at 1,255 or the up the channel 
subscribers. So I have not gained in, uh, I've not gained a subscriber here for a, a little while. So, oh my goodness, it is a super chat from John Crump Live. Holy smokes. Wow. I appreciate that, um, John Crump Live. So I was a guest twice on John Crump Live. Um, I appreciate John and Flying Rich. And um, and also, John, sometime um, we should touch base because there, there was still that piece of legislation from the Safer Communities Bill and, uh, and schools, background checks for 18-year-old or older students. Um, I don't have a clarification on that in my connections and research, and I don't really know what's, what's going on. It hasn't become an issue yet for the soups. But John Crump Live. Um, so, yeah, our favorite journalist friend. I appreciate it. I'll tell you, being being a guest both times, I uh, that was awesome. That was, um, yeah. So John Crumplot, John, we're going to give you a confetti canny or cannon, not canny, right here. Twenty dollars. You, you get a lot for twenty dollars. Wait, we're going to add, going to add a little bit more in here. Going to add this lightning. We're not done yet, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the special silver as gold right here. All right, I just sent it over to you. It's kind of an Irish. Good luck. So. Wow. Look at that. Thank you. Complacency is bigger issue, not the tech. You got it, Heath. You got it. Complacency. And complacency leads to entropy of systems, right? Um, people don't don't get, take care of things, right? Uh, there was a district, right? You know, got a nice swimming pool and all of this, and uh, and then didn't do the required maintenance on it and 10 years down the road, some tiles are just, you know, coming out and they're like, well, did you know, <laughs> did you do this, this, and this? Like some of it was like, you have to drain it down at a certain point and whatever, and apply this, like, you know, finish, not a big thing, but now that and they're like, Nope. So yeah, it's complacency. And part of this is turnover in these systems. You know, these people don't last long in a lot of positions, right? Whether it be a school position, you know, law enforcement, or the, where they're working, so um, you know this. So you're reliant on this induction process to be really good, and it's not. So that's like in schools, right? This whole thing of thinking, um, you know, the issues fortifying the school. You know, the real issues, right? Is is um, improving the community. Uh, improving uh, civility, right? Stuff like that that we've talked about. <laughs> like, like you know, in the show, and we've talked about we should have a a. And I, this was months ago we did this, but I mean, we should have a national month that is first aid. Uh, everyone, first aid CPR, and also Good Samaritan law, right? Like that should be in commercials and uh, you know this as advertising campaign. We have Food Allergy Month in April. We have, um, you know, fire prevention month in November. Um, this January is national soup month. That's true. <laughs> it's also get this January is also national thank you month. So you're supposed to say thank you to people more frequently in January. I'm not making that up. That's true. Um, but, but we should, we should have this month, right. Of 
everybody, you know, there's a promote and it's free that you get first aid. You don't have to pay twenty dollars in, you know, materials fee for for first aid and then pay again for CPR. I mean, these should be trainings anybody could and should go into. And then this I because people don't know what Good Samaritan is. Well, and they, they really get hesitant. Does my state have my back or not? You know, it's just crazy. They should never they shouldn't have to think that. This should be more overt. So sounds like it's right out of the 50s, Doc. Holy smokes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like it's right out of the 50s, Doc. One too many. Um, I say thank you in January more than most months, but that's because I'm saying it to all the happy birthdays. Laugh out loud. Oh my goodness, Misty Mrs. Wayne. Her birthday was last Thursday. So, Misty Mrs. Wayne. Um, yeah, so pretty cool, right? National thank in, I don't know. I found that a couple of years ago, I think, and then tell my kids, but yeah, national thank you. The national soup month. Um, so I can get behind both those. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, wow. So I think, you know, that pose, that pose software too, um, that was out in the NBA, National Basketball Association, maybe eight years ago. Teams were starting. Well, first of all, the, the company that did that, I think it was called Second Step. They had contracts with all the arenas to put these cameras in all, all over the place. Very discreet, you know, might be the size of my thumb, right? But these little cameras. And then they were recording the motions of the players. And what it would do is they start to sell the analytics back to all the the NBA teams. And it would say like, not necessarily to plan for another player, but it might say like, when your guard does this behavior, like they dribble two times to the left and then they pivot halfway, they turn it over 20% of the time. So like, you know, here's the analytics and bing, bing, bing. And, uh, and and they take that and they practice and they'll sit down with like the player and say, Hey, we didn't know you're doing this. You don't know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but like let's improve on or let's change this up because other teams might pick up on it, or like you're just so much better when you do like this move. It's much more complicated than that, right? <laughs> so but it's also kind of that very premise where the major league is leagues are, are really taking this data and they're not doing it so much to kind of defeat the opponent is to, but to make themselves to recognize patterns where they're not as successful, like making certain moves, certain plays. So like, let's get rid of those. So it was 78 today. It's only going to be 70 tomorrow. Well, it's 35 right here. So it'll be half of your tomorrow. Um, look at it is the Kentucky Batman. Ron Wayne, his good friend, the Kentucky Batman. So they're riding along in a sleigh. So um, it's our good friend, the Kentucky Batman. So the penguin's back there. Penguin's checking you out. So 
I'm grateful for today. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good way to think about things. Um, you know, in closing, I'll say I've, you know, I've been doing more consulting and, and even kind of a little more consulting. And, and one of the things I've, I've noticed personally is, um, is it's attitude, right? I mean, you have to have a competence to do certain things, right? But usually after a while you get that and, but it's how you present yourself. And if you come in and you have a smile and I, so with that, those reflection neurons, like if you smile, it's more likely people smile back or they'll feel like what it is like to smile. I mean, there's this emulated response type thing, but Genuinely, you know, if I come in just thinking it's going to be a good day or if we got some things we got to get through that's a little, you know, not not as smooth as, as what I had hoped, um, you know, we'll just get through it, right? And and I just, I the more the older I get, and I know it's not this way like in everything that, that you do in life, but I, th- I think a big part of it is just how you present yourself. And if you, if you are positive, um, and... So that's been a big change. Um, kind of. So I I don't know how to describe it. If I I think I'm enjoying it more. I mean, it's it's work, right? It's not it's not easy or anything like that. But it's just carrying myself with a positive attitude. And um, so those small spanbot fire motion cameras are feeding a money ball type analysis of hockey peewee players here. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, I could imagine on a sports side that it would be used for scouting, um, data, but again, it's going to be used on your own internal players to say, you know, when you, yeah, move at a 22 degree angle against the basket to your left, you know, your, this level of success versus like cutting at this angle. Um, so, I mean, which is, I think, which is really, it, it's good and it keeps people on their toes, but like, right. Um, everybody's going to, to kind of be tweaked continuously where there really wouldn't be much of an advantage, but what, what you might get though is just much more quality, improved quality of play because it would be identifying the player and team deficits and, in a way that you weren't really doing before. But I think that I don't think there's one team that really jumps up. I mean, it's kind of a Billy Bean and Moneyball. Yeah, that could happen for a year or two, but like everyone else would pick up on it then. Um Moneyball still one of my favorite movies. I think that Kentucky Batman can take him. Hopefully smokes. Look at that. Yeah, Vegas uses that all the time. So the stuff we're talking about here is new in the school context. It's not new, generally speaking, although the technology in the last 12 months has made a leap forward. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I'm, I, yeah. Again, like I, I could say, I'm excited about it, but then this is part of a system. It's part of maybe what is then a justice system. And if that system doesn't respond, you know, then, you know, you could have, you could, this, this could work perfectly 
and the outcome would still be a failure because the system had failed, that this had to interface with, you know, this n branch worked okay. It informed, but then, so Fortnite is a tool, not a game because it's free. It means it's an op. Yes. <laughs> yep. Right. You know, it is, isn't it crazy to think too, like how, you know, pretty much everybody has Gmail and their Google Docs and Google Sheets, yet no one pays a penny a year. And back, I don't know, guys, remember back in the 90s when the internet starts to become available through dial-in and you'd have it locally, you'd have this place you'd call and it would be your like core computers, like DSL and whatever it was. And uh, man, I I remember that. Um and just how, yeah. And and so you're paying though. You might be paying like 70 bucks a month to get your internet. And and then you'd have a, you didn't have a Google address. You had the whatever, David at core computer, whatever.net. And then, um, yeah, but now Google has all of that, right? I mean, more uh, unbelievable amounts of data. Could you imagine if, Google came out and said, hey, if you if you want to maintain any Gmail account, it's going to be $1 a month. And if you don't maintain it, you know, um, in 30 days, we'll erase everything off of it, right? It'd be non-retrievable. How many people would pony up a dollar a month to keep their Gmail? You know, probably everybody, right? You'd, for the most part, like you probably have 98% compli compliance on that. Um. I don't know, man. It's weird, but I'm sure like doing that makes would what would open up this big, you know, aspect of liability. Because right, if if something kind of goes weird with a Google thing, you try to sue Google on your Gmail, they could be like, "Well, this is free." <laughs> like, we had terms of agreement. Plus, you weren't paying us for this, although like informally, like through data analysis stuff. But Net Zero was free and ads. I had Net Zero when I was in college, buddy. The my when I was going back for my administrative degree and I was the only one in, in superior to have it in the dorm. Um, cause they were redoing their cat network and they didn't have the dorms wired up in summer. I dialed into Duluth, Minnesota crossed the Mississippi river. And it was like, um, the whammy game all around the outside were ads. And I think every like minute or whatever, you had to click on an ad and watch it for like 10 seconds and then you get your internet back. But your internet, internet was free. Man, it was the greatest thing. And people like were amazed that I did that. They were like, how did you do this? And you know, they couldn't get it. They had to stay at the library. And and uh, yeah, because boom, I I knew, I, I read that there wasn't going to be internet in the dorms. And back in, I don't know, the year 2000, 99, 2000. So, um, you know, you didn't have Wi-Fi back then, didn't have smartphones. Um. Anyway, like that was that was an experience, the net zero thing. And you'd only spend a short amount of time on the web too, like because that made it such a horrible experience. So you know, in a whole night you might spend 30 minutes on the web. Um AOL CDs everywhere. Oh my god, I remember that. I remember getting mailed. You guys remember that too, getting those CDs in the mail. Insane. My employer pays for G Suite that includes personal box for me. Holy smokes. You guys. Good for you. I'd have two minds connected to my work. 
Oh my goodness, Misty Mrs. Wayne. Cheers, everyone. Early day tomorrow. It's our good friend Sast One Too Many. Thanks for being here, buddy. So it's our cannibal run friend, Sast One Too Many. Sass, we're gonna send you out here with the old cannibal run flame there from the kicking kicking in the overdrive right there. Wow. One more time. It's to our good friend Sast. All right. Remember getting those AOL CDs in the mail. So, wow. Did I just say that? I must be out of sync here. Okay. Night all. Um, I miss and constring. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, folks, I am going to call it a night and um, take you guys out of here. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks to uh, John Crump Live. A very generous uh, super chat here on the show. Um, appreciate everybody. And here we go. How were the beans and chili that you had for breakfast? They were delicious. Thank you for asking. But now I am very gassy. I'm sorry to hear that. out. Pew, that stinks very bad. I have to open the window. Oh no, my cap flew off and it was sucked into the engine. Holy smokes, the engine just cut out. We should use the decide model to help us make the right decision. Mayday, mayday. I am declaring a beans and chili emergency. Please advise for landing. Flight 019er, two miles northeast, turn left at 90, maintain 4,800 to establish an approach. chaos erupts torrents of conflicting yet urgent messages gush from media outlets what is the magnitude of the incident and what should people do to protect themselves dr david p perodin teaches you how to prevent mental burnout by observing indicators and building a robust member check network reporter james david dixon of the detroit news proclaims the velocity of information will empower its readers drawing on current events history interviews and scholarship the velocity of information is an education in the way people react and adapt to change in this fast-spinning world never has it been more important to sift facts and stories for truth and meaning there are teachable moments on every page by the Velocity of Information, Human Thinking During Chaotic Times. Available from your favorite bookstore or online retailer. Describe the odor. Is it like when something electrical is burning? And so on. Ridiculous, right? We don't shift the investigation to the reporter. But that's covertly what the school district thought needed to happen to prevent their investigation scrambling principals from burning out. 
and as this paragraph smolders, it would be prudent to consider bringing students with disabilities from the sidelines of safety and center them to active roles of detecting and reporting threats. So we had a rather difficult meeting. Upon due diligence of examining the reporting system, I informed the district representative that I could not justify modifications to the existing model as such changes would make the system less accessible to students. Well, that was a short chit chat. The district folks believed or hoped that the threat input system could be modified and maintained with fidelity. I wasn't in alignment with that hypothesis. And so I was thanked and given notice that our partnership would be over at month's end. Business is business, but in school safety, it's never as simple as that. Holy shit, a ghost. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you mind moving out of the way? You're blocking the TV. Oh shit, sorry man. It's okay, thank you.